Welcome to another episode of Team Anywhere, where CEOs, leaders, and experts at building teams, companies, organizations, and amazing cultures share how to lead from anywhere in the world. I'm your co-host on the East Coast, Judy Bianco Mathis. And I'm your co-host on the West Coast, Mitch Simon. And we invite you to join us to Team Anywhere. In today's episode, we interview Gwen Sterling Wilkie, author of From Physical Place to Virtual Space, How to Design and Host Transformative Spaces Online, released just a few weeks ago. Gwen offers some keen insights in how to work together in the virtual or hybrid world. She emphasizes that our team meetings will need to be more purposeful, build stronger connections, and be open to new ways to collaborate and co-create. What I love about this episode is that Gwen offers many ready-to-use suggestions on how you as a leader or a team member can team anywhere. Welcome to another episode of Team Anywhere. I am Ginny Bianco Mathis on the East Coast, and I'm here with my co-host, Mitch Simon, on the West Coast. And today we are very excited to have Gwen Sterling Wilkie with us. Hello, Gwen. Hi, Ginny, and, and hi, Mitchell. How are you doing? Hello, hello, hello Gwen. Great to, great to meet you. Gwen, you uh, come to us with a lot of experience. I've been involved with organizational development for many years over there in the UK and elsewhere. Um, You're one of those educated combination academic and practitioners that we love to to have. So I'm going to begin with a book you wrote and uh, tell us a little bit about it. What's the point? Okay. So, um, a year ago, as for the rest of us, you know, our world really turned upside down. And my um, OD organization development practice um, went through a real transformation very, very quickly. So I almost overnight moved from working directly face to face with my clients. I was at the start of a very large transformation project and, and that everything had to be switched. Now, I knew a little bit about online platforms. I think I'd attended a couple of Zoom-based meetings and somebody had put me in and out of a breakout room. All this stuff now just seems like everyday stuff. But 12 months ago, it was still a really big thing. And so I had to get my head around, how was I going to do this piece of consulting work, which was to get five separate businesses to collaborate. They, Mm. They didn't have a history of collaboration. They had become part of a large group and they needed to, I guess, reimagine leadership for their collective businesses. You know, what's the kind of leadership that we need now and into the future? And how do we create one view of leadership so people understand the expectation? Now, I got a a whole plan of how I was going to do that in a series of workshops across five different locations. And suddenly it was like, can you do it online? And I was like, um, yeah, I think so. And it was okay, well, let's let's have a go. I mean, what a courageous chief exec to start with to go. I would say okay, so. You right. know, let's see what we can do in this environment. So, you know, fast forward a few weeks and, and I was working as part of a consulting team. And they said to me, you know, you seem to have got the hang of this. And um, can you help us? 
So I wrote a really short, it's probably 10 PowerPoint slides and said, this is how we facilitate. This is what I'm learning about facilitating online. And I shared that with that consulting team and I shared it out with my wider um, network of, of OD colleagues. And it was picked up by, um, by a guy called Jervis Bush, who was based up in Vancouver in Canada. And, and him and another um, OD uh, educator run the Bushmarshak Institute of Dialogic OD. And they said, would you turn this into a book? And I went, I'm not an author. I've never written a book before. Oh. I'm running a big consulting project. Um, but, you know, I'd love to. Never something I thought I would be saying, but but why not? So that's where the book came from. Excellent. Excellent. Uh, did you have some leaders dragging their feet? And if so, how did you bring them along? They were a little bit unsure about what was going to happen. They were a little bit unsure about what it was going to be like. But what was amazing and there were there were two three very skeptical people in there but what was amazing by the end of an hour and a half they were like this stuff works doesn't it you know this is we can have conversations and actually this is a better structure for us because we're not interrupting each other people you know newer members of the team commented that they felt their voice was being heard they felt able to contribute in a way that they might have struggled face to face mm-hmm. just because of some of the patterns of behavior that that team had had kind of fallen into you know the shift to to working um online creates new patterns and new habits and new behaviors so right. they, they became really strong advocates for it in the end, which was amazing. And, you know, they, 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 are, they are much more um, open and willing um, to be doing stuff online now, as, as everybody else has adjusted as well. Well, a lot of people are, but, but yeah. Yeah, we, we still have a few stragglers. So you got them involved yeah. and talking about it. Yes. Uh, and then they saw how it could definitely work. Yes. Let's move into some of those techniques. I love yeah. uh, something you talked about, the notion of reframing participation yes. and, and containers. Yeah. And I think, you know, I think, yes, I work as a consultant, but a lot of the things that are in this book are, are applicable to any leader or anybody who needs to bring groups of people together. And I think there's a distinction between um, and this for me is, is is about reframing participation. When we used to physically get together, we might have had a team meeting, which was a whole day. We might have had something which was just half a day. And in that, there was time to introduce a bit about the context. There might have been some presentations about performance figures, and we might have had a, a discussion about things. And so the day was structured and, and worked in a very, very different way. When we work virtually, um, there's two or three things that happen. The first one is our attention spans are much, much shorter. You know, we know how exhausting it is to connect looking at a camera and seeing people on the screen. We've got more used to it, but it does something different to our brain. And so we can't stay really concentrating and active for a long period of time. So this whole thing about reframing participation is saying, how do I make the most of those two hours when I've got people together so that they can be as active as possible? I can get the best from them, you know? Um, and then what is it that we move into a different space, which is beforehand, which what we now, you know, we, we call it asynchronous working and synchronous working. So what is it that can happen beforehand? 
what can I send them to read? What video, little short videos can I, can I make? And they don't have to be professionally done. They can just be on your mobile phone. You know, have a look at these papers, read through them. I want you to think about this question before we get together. So a lot of the pre-thinking at an individual level is already done. So when you come together, you're then doing the collective sense making mm-hmm. and the moving to action. You know, this is what we know has happened. So, so let me interpret that. Ah, right. Now, now what are we going to do about it? Oh, well, and I find and please speak to this, that pre-work is something a lot of leaders don't do. It's like they'll have an assistant put the stuff together, send out the agenda. All right, am I on? Okay, let's start. And who knows who has read what? So talk about a new habit. Yes, yes. And I think one of the things that I've noticed in in, in leaders that I, I, I still see leaders doing this is, is they're bringing their old routines and habits into this new world. And, and it's, it's really a time and an opportunity, you can't replicate face to face. And I think that's initially what people were trying to do. It's about what is it that we can create together, that is a blank sheet of paper for how we run things virtually whether it's a monthly team meeting or whether it's a space where I need to bring different stakeholders together, I need to bring different partnering organizations together to explore something where it isn't me as the leader being on transmit. It's me as the leader bringing these people together who've got really different perspectives. And I want to hear their perspective because I don't have the right answer because our world is too complex now. But I know that if I bring these best brains together, together we can generate new insights while be combining people's perspectives, generate some really breakthrough thinking. And that's what I want to do as a leader is bring people together in a different way. Yes. Um, Gwen, I, I love that. I wanted to know how, what rituals are you finding out are actually bringing people together in a new way. I mean, first of all, I know what you're you're talking about is in the old way, I would never like, I would never think, can I bring Gwen into a meeting? Cause I can't bring Gwen into a meeting. She's in the UK and I'm in San Diego. Yeah. Now it was, now I have to kind of rethink that. Well, actually I could bring Gwen into a meeting because it's, she's right there. Yeah. Um, I'm just wondering what rituals and habits, uh, particular in the area of, of great meetings, have you found have really been helping uh, leaders and their teams? That is something that we would not have considered before um, before the Zoom world. Yeah, I mean, I think the one you, you mentioned straight away, geographical. You know, you can you can suddenly have um, you can get we can often get a ten or fifteen minute slot in a very senior leader's diary, and we can just bring them in for a, th- a thought piece. Or they can record something that we can share beforehand. So we can kind of um, bring different voices and inputs in, which can really enrich our conversation. So that's one kind of new routine and new habit. I think the other thing is, is more of a mindset, a mindset about um, about letting go of, of the being in charge, the letting go of having the right answer. Um, and, and then just embracing a, a different perspective about participation and about collaboration and about co-creation. 
So I think that's the second um, perhaps new routine and new habit. And the other one, I think, is is this notion, I kind of frame it as connection before content. I think one of the one of the um, one of the things that people are worried about is we've only got a short period of time. So we really need to get into it. We need to tick, tick all the tasks off the list. And so for me, the third and probably the most important one is understanding that we need to connect as human beings first. And so making time for connection. So I always say connection before content, relationship before task. Mm-hmm. Yeah, it's interesting when because, I was, I was in a virtual conference and, uh, the person putting it on, that was his uh, moniker was connection before content. Yeah. And of course I said, well, no, actually I think connection is content. Ah. <laughs> <laughs> well, that's the new mindset. Yeah. yeah. See, it, it's got to. Yeah. It's got part. It, it's, it's now so intrinsically linked in that we know we need to connect as human beings. You know, we're missing. This is one thing we are missing in this virtual world is, is, is our sense of connection to each other as human beings. You know, we miss touch. We miss human physical contact as well as those moments that we would have as we were, you know, going and getting a cup of coffee together. You know, you have to be much more thoughtful about how you can create those, which is that sort of social kind of um, space before we move into the, the, the kind of the meat of what we're here to do. It's, it's being very conscious about creating the spaces for, for, for social connection. I, w- I was wondering if as, um, as companies go back, uh, it looks like in the United States, we're, you know, we're getting promises that we're, we're going to all be uh, vaccinated by July 4th. Um, how will how will a company or a CEO or a team leader look at the different meetings that yeah. he or she will have, knowing that some people will be in the office, some people will not be in the office, you know, all sometimes, all the times. How would they look at constructing their let's say their their yearly path of get togethers so yeah. that they're gonna have the most effectiveness and the most connection uh, for yeah. the company? And, and these are the sorts of things that I'm, I'm talking to my clients about at the moment is, is how do we reimagine the future of our workplace? You know, because not only is it, um, you know, different working styles, not only is it how much time am I going to physically spend at home and come into the office? It's going to be, you know, how does that affect our organization structures and cultures and, and, and our organization flexibility? So if you think, you know, if you think at a strategic level, there are generally a pattern of touch points throughout the year. So what is it now if we're going to come together physically? What's the real purpose behind that? What is it that 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 can only be done physically or we can get the biggest um, the biggest impact on our is it is it about engaging people? Is it about just reconnecting? You know, I would be, you know, some of the stuff I'm doing with my clients now is encourage them to think about how do we start to bring groups of people together to reconnect? Because we've connected in a in an unusual way for the last 12 months. So I would see this pattern of there may be fewer touch points where people physically come together, but there will be a lot more um 
thoughtfulness about the virtual coming together. So what are the big set pieces? You know, we might have them. There's different phraseology. We might have town hall meetings, which is where we would bring as much as, as big of the population of the organization together as we can. When is it safe to do that? You know, is it going to be this year? Is it going to be next year? You know, and, and how do we do that? I, my, my advice and my thinking at the moment for organizations is is to try and avoid where we have half a dozen people physically in a room together and then four or five people who come in via Zoom because that creates such an imbalance. It's really hard when you're watching and looking in and there's a group of people who are physically there. I think it works for some topics, but if you're wanting people to come together and really generate something together, then I would say either all virtually or all physically. So, so there's some really, I think there's some real thoughtfulness to, to go in to think about how you, how you schedule and, and pattern and plan, um, whether we're physically together or whether we are working virtually. I have found um, a lot of leaders, and, and here's where your book actually comes in quite well. Um, well, give me a checklist. Okay. Of- That's going to force me to think of, all right, what do I want to complete in this container? Okay. And what's the pre and the post for that? Yep. And then this meeting has them together. So what's the checklist for that? And this meeting has hybrid. Yeah. And they go, we know we can't live by these checklists. Yeah. They hopefully will help us create the new habits. Yes. Yeah. So I think that I think there are um, being really clear of the purpose. You know, I think for any for any gathering, you know, if, if somebody sends you a meeting invitation, do you automatically accept it or do you stop and you go, OK, where does this fit in my priorities? Where does it fit in the organization's priorities? What is it that's needed from me? What is my I always ask people? I always suggest to people to ask, what is it you want from me? Good. At that exactly. Meeting. Because it's so easy to just accept, 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 accept. And you kind of go, well, I'm turning up. But, you know, do you need me for anything, really? Or is this just for information? And can I not find out about it in another way? So purpose is absolutely, you know, critical about that. Um, and, and if you're doing something online, I would always say shorter and more frequent. So, you know, 60 minutes might be something appropriate for a weekly or monthly meeting, you know, even 10 or 15 minutes. Um, and then how do we stay connected in between that time? So what are the things that can carry on and be and being done? You know, I know people who who kind of constantly have a Zoom window open if they're doing a lot of work with one or two other people and it's there. They're just sort of there on their screen all day and and you know they might get on and do and do bits of 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 the work that they're doing together and then they might kind of go, right, oh actually, can we just have a chat about this? And so they're kind of mm-hmm. constantly online with each other. Um, and it goes back to the leader. Um, who many times are surprised by the question, so what is your purpose in this meeting? <laughs> yeah, and it's a habit. It's the routine. Yes. We always have a monthly team meeting. Well, okay. And does it need to be all day? 
And are we always going to spend half of it looking backwards? How much of it are we going to be looking forwards? When is our, when is our time when we just do some blue sky thinking, when we look at what's going on in the market, when we talk about what's happening with our competitors, when we exactly. bring in different perspectives? When do we do that? And, and let's bracket that space as a container. Oh, I like that. Yeah, the bracketing and, yeah. and the container. Yeah. Again. I, I think it's about being very intentional, you know, mm-hmm. Um, and I think, you know, Mitch, coming back to your point about about bringing people physically together now is, yes, there's still the cost associated with it. But there's also the, you know, the the anxiety that people have about their own health and well-being. Is it still safe? Is it safe enough for me to get onto that plane and fly somewhere and getting a taxi and get, go to a hotel and, and then be in a room with a whole load of other people who, you know, I may not have seen or had any contact with? How safe is that for me at the moment? And that's going to be a real genuine anxiety mm-hmm. in the coming weeks and months that people are holding. Well, that uh, so let's look at a little bit about the technology. Mm. I mean, you had to look at it in terms yes. of doing your work, and now they need to learn. Yeah. All right. So they got okay. There's Zoom, and and I can put people maybe in some groups now. However, we're looking. Uh, let's say we want it to be a thought and a brainstorming. What? Do I just let everyone talk? Now we look at some tools, perhaps. What have you found um, are help, is helpful for leaders? Um, I, think, I think the first thing is to recognize where you are. And, and I talk about this in the book. Um, you know, some people are real kind of like reluctant. I'll use the technology because I have to. Um, you know, some people are kind of in this, you know, I'm learning about it, I'm adapting, and I'm kind of quite excited about it. And some people are very firmly in that this is so integrated into what I do. And it, and it's kind of like part of my everyday way of working. I think the first thing is for a leader is to recognise where you are on those three. And that's okay, wherever you are is okay. Because then, then you're not going to um, overface yourself by trying to set up something with technology that you don't feel comfortable using, because that really comes across, you know, and and I'm all for, you know, we're learning together and we're making mistakes together. And what we don't want as a leader is to be so terrified about what we're doing that we can't contribute in the way that we want to contribute. And that we've, we've kind of gone to the extreme of technology and everybody who's attending the meeting is so worried about pressing the wrong button. Yes. They can't access their their brilliance that we actually want them to contribute with. So it's it's what technology is appropriate for the situation. So, you know, some of these capturing, capturing, visual capturing um, platforms are really, really great, really easy. You know, Jamboard is the place I would always send somebody first because it's really simple to use. Anybody can, you know, can use Jamboard or we have a little, a little, um, a little jamming session together at the beginning. So we all have a bit of a go and it's, you know, we're not, we're kind of just sharing bits of information. It can be part of a connection exercise before we move into so people are comfortable when we want to be capturing their ideas and their thinking and their building on each other. Mm-hmm. Then I would say the next stage up from that is something like Mural or Miro, which is a bit more sophisticated and you can add other things in um, and can be this living journey of developing a team's piece, a project team's piece of work. And they've got this great visual story 
which makes it really easy to share with other parts of the of the business who may need to get involved. Because as we know, a picture, you know, paints a thousand words and it's totally. so much easier to get what's going on from a visual image than it is from lots of reading lots of words. Yeah, that is the advantage of those. You can yeah. you have it captured. Yes. Well, who said that? Well, let me show you. <laughs> yeah, and they're fun. You know, they're they're kind of fun to do, and and you know, other tools like using how's chat being used. How do we use breakout groups? You know, when I was initially working with with these group of five companies last year, um, we used some really really simple techniques. So it wasn't about the sophistication of technology. It was about what technical tools are appropriate for the conversations we're having and that don't freak people out too much as we're as you know as we're learning. So that's why I'm kind of really, really encourage people to, to gauge where they are and to gauge where the rest of the people they're working with are. Mm-hmm. Everybody's super high tech, brilliant. Go for it. Bring it all on and you know, use what you've got. Totally. What have you, well, what advice, consequently, uh, given the several themes that you've shared with us, uh, would you give a leader? You're having now, uh, your your world has changed. Maybe you're just bringing in folks three or four times a year, and you're doing a lot of hybrid kinds of teams, and you're trying to build a culture where both those way out in the world and those in front of you feel the same mm. about being part of your organization. Here are the things you should concentrate on, leader. So the first one I would say is I'm, I'm going to go back to connection and relationships because without paying time and attention to those, you know, leadership is, is, is inherently relational. You know, it's about me, it's about others, and it's about the situation within which we which we, we operate, in which we do business, whatever the business is of our organisation. So it's inherently relational. And whether people are physically in the same office as me or whether they are located on the other side of the world with me, as a leader, I have a responsibility to connect with those people, to listen to them, to make them feel valued, to make them feel appreciated, to make them feel part of the team. So that that for me is is a is a timeless, a timeless piece of leadership. Now, how I go about doing that. I've now got many, many ways to do it. I've got more ways to do it than I had before. And I have to do it. And I, yeah. You can see it's, oh my God, that's going to take all my time. Yeah, but that's part of being a leader. You know, that's part of your leadership responsibility. Because, you know, people join an organization because they believe in, in, in the purpose of that organization, the values, the culture. They find a place where they think they can bring the best of themselves. But people leave leaders. People leave poor leaders. Mm-hmm. You know, sure. um, it, it's as simple as that. So there's a responsibility that comes with leadership. Let me ask you a question about the communication because uh, our podcast we had a couple weeks back. Um, I think it was. I think it was Brett. Was that the, the right? That's a dog. Uh, the, the the leader. Um, the leader needs to communicate more than he or she did before given this given this virtual and, and, and hybrid world 
What are your suggestions, Gwen, on how a leader can start to communicate more? And and what is that leader communicating about as he's building his relationships or her relationships based on the values and the culture of the organization? What have you found has worked for you? Yeah, I think um, I think it's a multiple a multiple approach to communication. I think for me as a leader, so I my, my leadership space now is is leading um, consulting teams. You know, with people who I collaborate with, um, some who I work with regularly, some who I work with occasionally. So one of the first things that we talk about is is how we're going to stay in touch with each other. So as a leader, you know, finding out from people what works for you and what works for me. So we have some agreements in place, you know. So um, is it okay for us to do WhatsApp? Use WhatsApp as a as a means of communication. You know, do, do we operate as, a, as an organization off, off, you know, Office 365 and, and using all of the, the ways of, of being able to communicate and set up discrete groups in that? Um, you know, we, what written communication do I do I want to do? And, and what are the expectations that we set up with each other around around reading something before we get together? You mentioned this early on. Totally. You? Right. Yeah. But, but yeah. how do we. What are, what are our collective agreements that I as a leader will, will, um, will perhaps ask of you and you as my team members will ask of me? So I think that there is something about, about once we've got those agreements, then, then the channels will come. You know, do we want a weekly team call? Do we want a call every Monday morning at nine o'clock? So we talk about, we have a half hour, what's going on? What support do you need? Who's really, really busy? Who's got a bit of slack? You know, and that's our setup for the week. Then we just do, you know, maybe a daily WhatsApp or we send out emails to each other. So so what's the rhythm that's right for you? I don't think there's one, um, there isn't kind of like one approach that suits everybody. You know, my advice to leaders is to is to ask is to have the conversation because there'll be there'll be things that you want that you like that send you the signals that people are doing what it is that you've agreed you're going to do. And if if some of the signals are missing, then then, you know, your radar might just be alerted. So there might be a checking in process. And that's kind of formally and informally. So it's it's the relational piece and the task productivity piece as well. Totally. And a lot of leaders in the past have not paid attention to that. They have relied on others to take care of that process. Now it has to come together. So as you said, the checkpoints and you're alerted, oh, they didn't read it. So I need to go back. Uh, folks, I need to put something on the table. We have an agreement, number five. <laughs> I, I mean, we're going back to basic facilitation, but the leader now has to mm, mm. take some of that on. Absolutely. absolutely. I, it, it is part of a leader's role. Um, and also it's part of a collective responsibility of a team. So, so yes, it's a leader's responsibility and it's a team's responsibility. And so how do you, um, you know, one of the things that I would often talk about leadership teams 
is how do you share the responsibility for those, whether it's a team charter, whether it's team ground rules, whatever it is you've called it, that you say, this is our, these are our terms of engagement as a team. And, and who, who's going to own holding the responsibility and who's going to own for this period of time, you know, calling us out when we're not behaving in a way that we said we would behave, you know, and those are hard, those are harder conversations to have, you know, and of course, sometimes we, um, sometimes human nature says, I'll just ignore it because it, it, you know, it's just a little blip and and it'll be fine next time. Right. And, And I think sometimes the medium of working remotely gives us an even better excuse not to raise some of these topics that we feel uncomfortable about about having, you know, conversations where we need to point out to somebody that they're not performing in a way that we have agreed are always difficult to do them in the right way, to do them with the right spirit and with the right intent. They're never easy things to do, but the longer you leave it, the worse it's going to get. Or they're just not participating in that particular meeting. How do you confront with care? Right. I'm doing a lot more role playing with leaders. Yeah. So if this happens into the meeting, what are you going to do? Yes. Yes. What are the words that are going to come out of your mouth? And let's rehearse yes. it. Yeah. Yes. I'm, I'm also yes. re- rehearsing conversations and it'll be clunky to start with. Great. You know, let's get the clunkiness out of the way when it's just you and I. And then when you're in that situation, you feel much more equipped. Yeah. Gwen, some, anything we should have asked that we didn't? Oh, wow. <laughs> I, don't, I don't think so. You know, I think what was the, the wonderful opportunity I had to capture things into, into that book for me was a moment of, of drawing everything I had learned through. I mean, you know, talk about operating at the edge of your comfort zone. Um, you know, and it was just a lovely moment to be able to pause and reflect and think and gather it all together in a in a way and, and, and offer it out to people as a as a as a practical guide. You know, there's there's a lot of stuff I don't know, but there's some stuff that I do know that I tried and that had a result. Um, and, and I'm grateful for the opportunity to to share it with more people. We love that. And uh, folks can get your book on Amazon. Book on Amazon. Yep. And it's called From Physical Place to Virtual Space How to Design and Host Transformative Spaces Online. Love it. (laughs) And Gwen, um, that's on Amazon. Uh, How are some other ways that people can find you? So, so my website, um, I run a business called Seeds of Transformation. Um, and, and that came about because I believe that within each of us, there's untapped potential. Um, and also that, um, you know, sometimes there's a great phrase that says, um, in order for a seed to express its full potential, it has to come completely undone. And I think when you combine that with the art of transformation, for me, that's where the name came from. Um, so Seeds of Transformation is my website. Um, I'm, I'm offering some introduction workshops like the one that Ginny took part in. And so they can be found on that website. Um, there's a, an events page there and people can learn a little bit more about what we've been talking about and what's featured in the book. Great. Well, great. Well, thank you, Gwen. Thank you for, I've just been taking down so many notes. No, just <laughs> wonderful. 
how to apply this um, with the many teams that I lead. And I'm sure that everyone else uh, on the call has been listening with just like, oh, yeah, what about that? What about that? So thank you so much for that. My pleasure. Um, and thank you, Ginny. Uh, for finding this amazing human. And for all our listeners, uh, please go out, share uh, Team Anywhere with all of your friends and colleagues. And we uh, we're so excited to see you next time on our next episode of Team Anywhere. Bye-bye. Bye-bye.